Welcome in to another edition of the Train with the Best podcast. I'm Craig Hoffman. Chris Gores. And Chris is, uh, you're on a little mini vacation. Yeah, I mean, it's a little just kind of get out of town. Um, my family and I are, are out here in Williamsburg, which is not that far from Richmond, but it puts us a little bit closer to the beach. So it's, it's only like an hour away from the beach if we want to go down, which we will tomorrow. So, yeah, just trying to get out of the house, trying to do something. And, and then we opened back up on Friday with, with Onyx. So I uh, wanted to get like one last little thing in with the kids before it gets, gets busy. Because I think a lot of the response has been so far that once we open up, a lot of people are really excited to get back in working out. Yeah, for sure. And I want to talk about that. Um, you know, we didn't have a pod last week in the middle of just one of the, like, it's a week that will, that, you know, maybe not your kids. I don't know. Maybe by the time that Bria, Bria is in school learning about history, but that certainly when, by the time I eventually have kids like that will literally go in the history books. Um, and it was completely unintentional that we didn't do a pod last week. I think we were both just thinking about so much going on in the world that a pod wasn't the first thing on our mind. And, um, I know I'm working on, uh, some stuff in the social justice space that I'm excited to be able to talk about next week on, on this pod and, and everywhere. Um, I know you were having a lot of conversations with people, um, and just, I don't know, man, like I kind of just want to talk a little bit about all that stuff, uh, because we've certainly said a lot in different spaces, even if we weren't talking here. So it's not like, you know, there's some people that are upset with certain people going silent. It's not like we were silent. We just didn't wind up do, recording all our thoughts in one place. But, um, I mean, wherever you want to take it off of off of last week and the, the things that we're still talking about and hopefully we'll be talking about for a long time, um, floor is yours. Yeah, man, I think, that, well, first of all, there's so much going on right now and, and you know, uh, some of it gets posted on social media, some of it not. And, and, and just because you're doing stuff on social media doesn't mean you're actually doing something. And just because you're not doing something on social media doesn't mean you're not doing something either, right? So I think that, that a lot of it has to uh, – I think that what's different about this versus what was happening in, say, 2016 when CAP was started, started to kneel is I think – there are a lot more people who are, are, are ready and willing to listen. Um, and that wasn't the case even just four years ago after Eric Garner and, and, and Timmy Rice and, and, and some of those others. Um, and, and that's been great. I, I don't think that we ever changed the person that just wants to be an ass about this, right? Like if, if, if at this point you're still the person that, that, that doesn't want to admit that this is a problem, then, I don't think that you ever get convinced and, and maybe you're not the person that we need to talk to because there's just going to be a percentage of people that will never change. But mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of other people out there, including big time corporations um, that have come out and risked their own money because I've always said that I, I only trust everybody's, everybody's pension or everybody's want to protect their own pocketbook. Right? Like that's, that's really what matters to people the most. And yeah, if, if I can be a good person to everybody else, sure, I will, I will be, but not at the expense of my own pocketbook, right? Like that's that's what I trust more than anything else. And a lot of corporations have, have come out and, and, and put themselves on the line to the point that now it's almost in vogue to do it, right? Um, 
Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to take it away from uh, an organization like NASCAR who took a big leap today. Uh, you know, the, the, these are these are things that needed to happen that are happening. And there are conversations out there that, that needed to happen that are happening. And I think that's 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 a good thing. Like I've had a lot of conversations with me and my neighbors because, um, you know, when we moved down here two years ago, we knew we were moving into the capital of the Confederacy. We knew that we were, we were moving into a, a place that we just don't know. I mean, we don't know what the people are going to be like now. We found out that there was nothing to worry about. That there's plenty of really, really good people out here that, that, that we love. And we've, we've, we've fallen in love with the neighborhood and our neighbors. And, yeah, there, there are things that we disagree with politically, but we're still all good people. And, and, and 90% of the time, we're, we're, we're the same with everything that we want. And, and these conversations needed to, needed to happen. So, so I'm glad that the conversations are happening for sure. Yeah, I think the willingness to listen has been and and for people to open their minds to things beyond the obvious blatant racism. You know, to me, racism is I mean, you, you can subdivide it a million ways. Uh, but the, the two like biggest ones that people are guilty of, I think, are hate and ignorance. And there are a lot of people who mean really well, who don't hate anybody who don't think that black people or any other person of color is less than a white person. They don't believe in the, the, the doctrine of white supremacy, if you will, without realizing that they live in a system and in a world that is built on it. And they just, they just truly don't understand the ways in which white supremacy impacts all of our lives at all times because we live in a country built by white supremacists for white people. And a lot of people are super uncomfortable with that, but I think people are starting to learn like, okay, it doesn't really matter if I'm comfortable. Like it's definitely true. I know, you know, I, I was certainly aware of a lot of that history, but got an even greater understanding by watching 13th on Netflix uh, which is just incredible. I cannot recommend it enough if you really want to understand. And what, what I liked so much about 13th was it reinforced the fact that this stuff happens on purpose. And even if you're not doing it on purpose, all of us that, that participate in these, these various ways in which society has, has deemed that we conduct life, like even if, even if we don't mean to be harmful, by just continuing to live in, in that way, we are, and it was set up often by people who were racist in the hate category that, that were explicitly trying to downplay the rights and value and humanity of black people in America. And there are also problems when you go, you know, all over the world, but specific to where we live in America. And that to me is like what's given me hope and, and what has been so encouraging is that people are way more open now on the whole. Like you said, there's going to be groups of people that actually do still believe in, in a white supremacist doctrine. And that is a part of who they are. Um, but on the whole, the majority of people are a lot more open to listen to not only what racism it already surrounds them that they were blind to but uh, i'm not going to say more radical uh solutions but solutions that that they never would have considered three weeks ago things like defunding police 
Um, and I know the, the name like screws with people, but the idea that you might actually take some funding away from police now, I don't even think like it's not, it's going to be radicalized by bad faith politicians. But I mean, you had police chiefs in 2016, the, the guy, the police chief in Dallas in 2016, after the sniper attack, um, came out and said like police are doing too much. We need to invest in other areas and stop asking police to be mental health professionals and respond to violent crime and save cats from trees. Like we can have different people. And that, that I think is the thing that through all of this horribleness, Chris gives me hope is that people are open to ideas and trying to listen to people who they've never listened to before um, in terms of activists and people who have studied these these things, um, because they they realize that the system in which we live is is not working. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like for for me personally, like my personal experience, I, I grew up on both sides of this, right? Like I grew mm-hmm. up in a neighborhood that was all black. All of my best friends growing up are all they're all black. Gooch is is black. Um, Lorenzo black, like all my best friends from my neighborhood, all black. Uh, my brother-in-law is black. My sister-in-law is black. Like we grew up black and I also went to a school that was very privileged. Um, and it, it was majority white. Right. So like in, in my neighborhood, me and my, me and my friends would talk about like putting air ups on layaway where at school, my friends were talking about like going to their family beach house this weekend. Right. So like I, I grew up kind of on both sides of these things and I, and I saw it very clearly from from both sides. Um, so it, it was always an emotional thing for me. And, and I always was I wasn't always the best at it. I wasn't always the best at containing my emotions when it comes to talking about stuff like this, because it does make you angry and frustrated. And, you know, when, when you lead with anger and frustration, there's a lot of defensiveness that comes up. And, and then and then everybody just kind of digs in their heels because the flip side of this it, it, to, to people who are listening to this is I do understand the, the working class white family who didn't have it easy, who never was handed anything. And, and they worked hard for everything that they earned. And, and it, you know, for them to for, for you to tell that person that they're privileged, you know, on the surface, it's going to be like, what do you mean it's privileged? I, I, I had to earn everything that I had like that. Nothing was ever given to me. And, and I get that. But then when you dig a little bit deeper, there are things there that they that they start to realize, oh, OK, no, you. Yeah, that that's a little bit different for you than it is for me. You, I don't I don't get followed around in a store because somebody thinks that I'm going to steal it. You know, I, I never had to go on a vacation and think if I'm going to a place where my kids and my, and my family are going to be safe because of the color of our skin, you know, there, there are things that you just, you just don't think about. Right. And, and it's not because you're full of hate or you're a bigot. It's just because you didn't grow up that way. That's not something that you knew. And, and again, so, so like, I think for, for me, my, my approach to this was um, a little bit to, to, to show a little bit more vulnerability and, and it's been welcomed and it's, it's something that, I feel like has changed at least in me where, where I used to be angry about this. I'm, I'm a little bit more vulnerable about it now. And I try to explain my emotions a little bit better. And, and I think that the conversation is a lot better now than it was when I was 
a young 23 year old or 24 year old yeah <laughs> I, I think you know uh, the way i've approached a lot of because con- like i i'm in my two worlds are uh, in terms of these conversations are two different branches of social media my who follows me on twitter is very different than the world i exist in on instagram instagram is like more my friends and fitness people and that's a place i've spoken out on social justice issues before and it's not new to people on twitter i have a much larger following and it was grown out of NFL football fans and specifically Washington NFL football fans. And so when I started being in a position where I was allowed to speak out and have done a lot of speaking out, uh, in the last couple of weeks, like there's been a lot of backlash and I don't care. Like, I'm not saying that, like I want sympathy. I'm just saying it is, it has been a, a chance. I don't even want to say backlash. Let me re, let me retract that. It has been a chance to have conversations with people who disagree with me. And some of them have gone exactly like you'd think. Some of them are you are banging your head against a wall because anything you say, they've already been told that that is a conspiracy theory, that they live in a Fox News world where they get their information from places that are not based in reality. And eventually reality catches up. And that's part of what's happening right now is you can't ultimately outrun reality. But... Um, there also have been other conversations and I I posted one on Instagram yesterday that I was a little overwhelmed first by the conversation, but then the feedback I got where it's a 61 year old white man who was going off about the flag. And I was just, I was unapologetic, um, and explaining why he was wrong. I didn't give an inch, but eventually just told him, actually, I told him to watch 13th. That was the, the thing that he ultimately did and listened to and you know credit to him like I, all i did was tell him to watch a documentary he actually took the time to do it and he came back and was like i can't believe this stuff i never knew about all of this i understand now thank you for helping me understand and for the hundreds of conversations that have gone quickly south and in a and gotten landed in a place that we we they were when they started basically um it's worth it to have that one, to have that one person who changes their mind and then and sees actual truth and then goes and tells their friends like, hey guys, I think we I think we're messing up. Because that's how you ultimately trickle down change is you have to talk to people who are safe. And this is why if you are a white person or you have white friends that you can talk to, they're more likely to listen to you. Is that you know, I don't right. even know. Like, I don't even know if it's worth asking if it's fair. Like, it's reality, and that's just communication one on one. If people aren't safe, they won't listen. So it it, it is. And I saw this and great video here. I'll, I'll just wrap up with this this thought on it real quick. Is I saw this video yesterday that was so good, and it's a black woman talking about how we will be so much better off when white people go. This white supremacy and racism is a white people problem that white that we need to solve, not a black people problem that we need to empathize with and that we need to help them solve. And I think that shift in mindset would, would do a lot of good for a lot of people, but it involves the vulnerability that you're talking about first. Yeah, exactly. And, and kudos to you for, for fighting these. I, I will never fight a battle with anybody or even try to have a conversation with somebody on Twitter just because they, they quickly do turn south. So, like, for, for me, the conversations have been in person with my neighbors face-to-face because 
you know, for, for me, the, the most impactful thing I can do is show people who I really am, right? Like, get get to know me and get to know my family. And if you still hate me, then okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like, I don't think that you will. I don't think that if you get to know me, I don't think that if you get to know my wife and my children, I don't think that you're going to have a lot of bad things to say about who we are as people. And, you know, if I can do that and then have a conversation and say, hey, look, um, you know, I wanted to talk to you about something because these things are coming up. And, and I think just, you know, for me, the, the two things that I bring up are implicit bias. And, and if you want to know a little bit more about implicit bias, read the book by Malcolm Gladwell called Blink. It's a really, really good book um, about kind of maybe not a, a racism thing, but just kind of the biases that we have that are just implicit there mm-hmm. with us. And, and it's not just white people that have implicit bias. Like everybody has sure. this implicit sure. bias. Um, so that's that's the first thing. And then just this idea of emotional intelligence, right? Because the things that you were talking about, whether it's the Fox News bubble or whatever bubble that you're, you're getting your news from, these guys are really good. Like, Craig, you're you're really good at your job. You're really good at what you do. And, you know, the Sean Hannity's of the world and, and, and you know, even even on the other side, the Trevor Noah's of the world, whoever it is, they're really freaking good at what they do. And, and they're able to tug on your emotions because that emotion allows them to connect with you in a way that's going to elicit a response. And there's no stronger emotion than you wanting to protect everything that you love. So the, the, the way that people divide us is by by telling you, that, hey, these people are coming after everything that you love, everything that you own, your property, your family. So, of course, you're going to get defensive. You're going to grab your gun. You're going to be like, nobody's coming after my family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the emo- – so you have to have a little bit of emotional intelligence and know the game that, that people are trying to play with you and say, no, 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 I'm not going to give you that emotion. I know that what, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me scared to the point that I, I'm at my wit's end and that – the next time some kid walks through my neighborhood, I'm so scared of this that I'm going to follow him because he looks like Tra- – and you have a whole Trayvon Martin situation, right? Like that's what happened. Mm-hmm. George Zimmerman is so scared of what he thinks has become this big bully man, uh, boogeyman in his mind that that emotional, that emotional response com- combined with the implicit bias that he has against black people leads to Trayvon Martin. Leads to Tamir Rice. Leads to so many of these these things that didn't need to happen, and and you know for, for me, I, I think for for me again going back to like the way I've handled this, I, I think my kids have have been a big impact on me. Like I don't mm-hmm. know that I've become a little bit more vulnerable if it's not for Marcel and DJ for sure. Like they've they've made me become more vulnerable because before them I wasn't. I was very angry and very upset and very emotional about this, but. I, th- I think those are the two things that, that we can learn from this. Okay, like, how do we, as individuals, how do we get a little bit better? Okay, let's let's learn a little bit more about implicit bias. Let's learn a little bit more about emotional intelligence. And let's have these conversations that we typically stay away from because we don't want to ruin whatever vibe that we have going on. No, we can have these conversations and, and we can all grow from it. Definitely. And whether you're having them in person or online, I will say that if you can understand what people are scared to lose, that is a great place to attack with comfort, if that makes sense. To say, hey, I know that you are concerned about this, but 
let's think about it this way. And that is ultimately why a lot of these things get upheld. And for instance, if you go to policing, um, if a white person is probably more likely to think that they are going to be the one calling the police than the one having it called on them. And statistically speaking, that's true. And the outcomes will be different. Statistically speaking, that there is a much greater chance if you are, if you do have the police called on you as a white person, you're probably going to be all right. And statistically speaking, if you have called on you as a black person, you'll probably be all right, but not nearly as likely as if you were a white person. But in terms of who is going to be the one getting called on versus doing the calling, like it's a lot easier for a white person to go like, yeah, no, I like the police the way they are because they're just thinking like, oh, I'm going to call, like the the police are never going to get called on me. And once you understand that, a black person could be birding in Central Park. What is less threatening than birding, by the way? <laughs> I, nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. No, Sleeping is nothing, less threatening than birding. There's nothing less threatening than a dude in biker shorts. Yeah. Well, other than, other than what, 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 even like with what happened, so with what happened down at the Capitol Crescent Trail, like I'm surprised that they didn't just, there was nothing threatening about that dude. That dude clearly was bullying a teenage girl like that dude yeah doesn't stand up to somebody that 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 dude doesn't stand up to another dude put it that way right there's no exactly. chance like there's no chance of somebody like you or i standing there that, that dude acts like that you no. know he was a he was a bully he bullies a little girl and took a flyer out of her hand like that's you know and i'm not necessarily proud of this but there's also zero chance if he does that he's walking away no ch- no chance like you're not coming after me with aviators and bike shorts bro like that's no just, but, you know, and, and that that I think too to get back to what I was saying about just like whether it's policing or, you know, uh, where people are, you know, white people get scared of affirmative action and the idea that, you know, hey, for years and years and years, there's a million reasons why you look around boardrooms and, and it's a lot of white faces. So, yeah, we should elevate people because it's good for the business. But it's like the white people see that as like, oh, well, I'm the one who's going to get passed over by some affirmative action hire. It's like. No, you can't. That's not really what this is about. This is about getting people who are worthy of doing great things in position to do them. And if you were good enough, you'd have another position on the board. And so, you know, people people think about it in terms of what they feel like they're going to lose. And this is not a situation in any of these reforms that are being proposed where white people are going to quote unquote lose something. And I think once you can get over that and explain that like, no, this is a, this is a tide that rises all boats. Then, then people get a little bit more buy-in because they don't feel, and, and cause here's another thing I've been thinking about a lot, Chris is I think there's a feeling right now that like, if you're not constantly working and towards uh, a more just world and, constantly like if you're not upset all the time then like you're doing it wrong and yeah like there's a lot to be upset about and there's a lot of stuff that should piss you off right now but the whole point in all of this is to achieve a world where everyone can have happiness and joy and if you let all of this constantly steal every little bit of your joy and you don't cherish the good moments right now in between doing the fighting like you're not there's no bonus points for for you know self uh I don't know what the term is, but like there's, there's no bonus points for just like being hard on yourself. 
And so I, I think that's something too that is a is a topic that I kind of not on the podcast necessarily, but like that's something I want to study over the next couple of weeks. And you know how people how how you can maintain the fight and maintain a push for a more just and equitable world while also enjoying uh, what we do have already. Right. I get it. Yeah. That's a good point. Share with the Best Podcast is brought to you by Super Coffee. It is amazing how many new exciting things are out from Super Coffee. I'm going to try to get through them as fast as I can here because uh, there's also something else that Super Coffee put out this week that I wanted to, to highlight because it's who these guys are and uh, we appreciate them. First, they have their first plant-based products. There is a Super Coffee Coconut Mocha that looks delicious. And there is a new plant-based super creamer in French vanilla flavor. And uh, that's pretty sweet. And they also just launched caramel in super espresso, super espresso, super coffee, and super creamer. Like, just all over the place. Geniusness. The stuff that you go, hey, I wish they would add this flavor. Bam, they just did which is awesome. But I also love this from Super Coffee. We're a business that puts people and positive energy over profit. Positive energy is rooted in the fundamental need to be kind to each other, to see the good in others, to choose love over hate. That is their ethics statement. That is not a recent thing. That is how they operated Super Coffee. And that, above the amazing coffee products, is what drew us to them in the first place. And I think it's just good to remind everybody every once in a while that uh, there are companies like that out in the world. They consider themselves a positive energy company and Right now, that's something we could all need. So grab yourself some super coffee. Do it at drinksupercoffee.com using the code TWTB for 25% off your first order. That's any of the products I just mentioned or the ones that they've had forever that are delicious and, and will make your day. So go grab some positive energy in a bottle, a can, and a carton, whatever super product you want. Drinksupercoffee.com. The code is TWTB. And follow them on Instagram at drinksupercoffee. That's all from Ketu Life Incorporated who reminds you that if you can change your energy, you can change the world. Chairman of the Best Podcast is also brought to you by the fine folks at Momentus, another company that has done an incredible amount of work and good in their communities. And uh, we're super proud to partner with them. And uh, they also have new product coming. There's a new protein line coming very soon, which is super exciting. I'll be able to tell you, I think, more about that on next week's show. Uh, also, uh, they just launched the high-performance creatine on new product number two of like the last month. New proteins always coming down the pike. Uh, the strawberry launched this year. That is absolutely delicious. So same thing as Super Coffee. And, you know, we're just one ad later. It's like same album, different song. Amazing people making amazing products that we genuinely use and enjoy. So highest quality protein in the market, highest quality recovery products in general, creatine. Uh, the sleep product is absolutely amazing. Elite sleep. Make sure you check that out. And you can get $20 off your first order at livemomentous.com. Basically, they're the ultimate recovery company. So check them out. Livemomentous.com. The code is train with the best. Because if you're going to train with the best, you better recover with the best. And that's why we choose Momentous. Switching gears a little bit, there is a couple of fitness topics within this realm that I, I wanted to hit on. And I, I really, I kind of want to save the the need for more diversity in strength coaches for a podcast where we have a guest that can talk to that better. Um, yep. So we're not, I just want to acknowledge that and say that like, that is something we have been thinking about. And if you have a great guest that you'd like to hear talk about that, like DM us and 
tag them and or however you want to get in touch. Like we've got a couple of ideas, but always open to hearing new voices. Um, but the CrossFit story, man, is uh, I wish it was more surprising. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's, it's totally not surprising. Right. Like surprising is when NASCAR comes and says we're going to get rid of Confederate <laughs> flags. That's surprising. When CrossFit does CrossFit, that's not surprising. That's totally what I would have expected from them. And that's unfortunate. Like that, but that's that's the stigma that they built themselves. Right. Like so, like, I don't feel bad for them. Nope. Not one bit. There's we have talked about uh, CrossFit and things we like and plenty that we don't Uh a number of times on this podcast and but if you tell me that a borderline cult-like group that is incredibly litigious is run by a racist white guy like makes sense and i, I realize there's some people that are going to get upset with that but like it is now there is a less intense uh genuinely phenomenal community in a lot of CrossFit boxes all around the country. And that part of it is great because that part doesn't need the CrossFit name. And that part doesn't need the CrossFit brand or the CrossFit workouts. Those are groups of people that exist to motivate each other. They are a team uh, in the same sense that a professional or college sports team or whatever team is a team. And that stuff's awesome. And they have good coaches who know how to train and can come up with workouts without the insane crossfitty nonsense that a lot of us don't like because it is uh there's just a higher injury rate there um but i i've been encouraged that a lot of the people that have been wary of the the crossfit like capital c crossfit for a long time have said like we're gonna keep the good stuff f them and uh we're gonna we're gonna do positive and, and there's going to be a lot of good gyms left that still maintain their communities and, and do a lot of good. And that part is, is great because the For corporate sure. part, like it can, it can just, it can die a fiery death. All right. So like you said, there's, there's two different parts to this. The CrossFit community is, is not the same thing as the CrossFit corporation leadership. Right. And more than anything else, um, besides like the racist stuff and, and, and everything else, like CrossFit leadership has always from, from a corporation standpoint, CrossFit leadership has always taken this stance that they're too good for everybody else, that they're just going to do things their own way. They don't really give a shit. That's what, that's how they've always been. They don't give a shit about the science. They don't give a shit if people get hurt. They don't give a shit if there's simple ways that they can, there are simple things that they can do to increase the safety and competitors at CrossFit games. They don't give a shit. They're just going to do it their way because they feel like they can get away with it. And that's the, that's the attitude that they've had. And a lot of, in a lot of ways is also reflective of the attitude of, uh, a certain presidency. Right. But yep. like, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's the attitude that they've always had. They've like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just do it. We'll do it however we want to. It doesn't really matter. That's how they've always been, and uh, good riddance, right? <laughs> yeah. See ya. Go yeah. do. I don't care what, but get out of the the places yeah. where good stuff is developed in spite of you. But like you said, you. like the the communities that are out there that support each other, that motivate each other, that that have become good friends, that have 
found ways to bond over becoming better versions of themselves. Nobody's against that. We love that. We love that part. That's, what, that's part. what we've always said about, hey, like th- there are things that we can learn from this. But can, can, can you build that community without being a fucking douche? I think you can. <laughs> I think Facts. you can. And when, by the way, when I say cult-like, the difference between cult-like and a positive community is the hard-headedness and douchebagginess of the leadership. It's kind of that simple. Like, like yeah. it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's not a fine line. It's a pretty solid line and the leadership at CrossFit was on the wrong side of it for a long time. And then they showed their ass on this and, uh, now everyone yeah. sees them for what they are. So yeah. see ya. You know, one of, one of the, one of the big conversations that I've had, one of the, one of the biggest conversations that I've been having and continue to have is the one with my daughter Mila. And, you know, sometimes I, I tell her like, you know, in, in a lot of these conversations, Sometimes you just have to let people tell on themselves. And CrossFit did just that. They just told on themselves. Right? Like, don't get in the way. Right? Like, remember when you were in college and, and you were at a party and your friends start throwing up? You didn't get in the way of that and say, oh, man, can I help you? No, you just let them throw up on themselves. Let them finish. And then be like, okay. You feel like a dumbass? You good? Yeah. Are you, are you, are you done with that? Or good job, dumb dumb. You, do you have any more? Because I'm not going to stand there and, and do it with you. You know what I mean? So let, during these times, if people are telling on themselves, man, just just let them tell on themselves. And thank God CrossFit told on themselves. Yeah. Uh, one, one final time. Good riddance. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next week with another pod. Uh, and who knows where the world will be next week. Just uh, keep on, you know, if, if you're if you're helping spread good information and, and a lot of people are, keep doing your thing, you know. Uh, and there's a lot of ways in which you can help fitness pros. Uh, if you can do workouts and, and donate some to charity or um, help give back in, in communities that can use a little extra help. Like there's a million ways to, to use what you can do to help make this world a better place. Just keep learning about things that, that need to be fixed and then, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Go fix them. So hope this conversation was enlightening and, and helpful and, and a positive part of that. And, uh, you know, got some laughs yeah, at CrossFit along the way. Yeah, go check out the 13th. Check out Blink by uh, sure. Malcolm Gladwell, 13th on Netflix. And and Google or learn a little bit about emotional intelligence. I think that's, those are three things that you can take from this conversation that are good action steps for everyone. Absolutely. Emotional intelligence is so key, not just in, in racial issues and social justice issues, but in everyday life. It'll help every relationship you have. Uh, and now this podcast is over. Go listen to the 1619 Project from the New York Times. It's phenomenal. Uh, for Chris, I'm Craig. Appreciate you guys listening. If you want to follow on social media, at Trainer Gorez on Instagram, Twitter for Chris, at Craig Hoffman on Twitter, at Craig underscore Hoffman on IG for me. We'll see you next week on a Train With The Best podcast. <laughs>